0: Welcome back to Sets and Reps, the podcast. I just got done recording an interview, today's interview, with my guest, Alpine Ski Racer, Rowan Ainsley. Rowan is from the New England area. He has been skiing his whole life, since he was three years old, and now he's on a professional ski racing team at 20. It was great to hear about his mindset going into his next season. He's about to leave... Uh, At the time of this recording, he's about to leave tomorrow, and it sounds like it's a really great experience Uh, as someone who really doesn't ski. I have a lot of friends that are very skilled at the sport, and I know that if you're listening to this show, maybe you are someone that enjoys heading out on the mountain to mess around a little bit in whatever way you define it. Um, but I want to be clear that, you know, ski racing is not for everybody. And with my guest Rowan, I was able to really get an in-depth look at the sport. We talked about some of the events that he currently does and why you want to focus on one or two. We talk about how you see improvements in your events. We also talk about how the average, how long the average ski season lasts for ski racers. And we talk about what the off-season training program looks like, a little bit about injuries, some career-ending injuries in this sport. We also talk about why he got into it. And it was really interesting to hear his perspective, seeing to where he's at now and where he wants to go. Very motivated young man. And it was great to have him on the podcast. So I'm going to stand back and let you take a listen before we dive into what it is that you do as an Alpine ski racer and kind of some of the details about the, um, about the sport. I wanted to kind of share briefly how I got the chance to connect with you for my listeners at the local health club that I train, uh, clients out of, I had seen Rowan kind of training there. And over the course of probably, probably a year, maybe a year and a half we'd seen him kind of going through different phases of his training program and everything he was doing was very specific strength and conditioning oriented and kind of as a trainer, part of my job is to walk up and talk to people and get to know them a little bit. So just through periods of making connections with you, um, I appreciate the fact that when I did kind of come to the conclusion that you'd be a great person to have on this show you were super enthusiastic about it and uh we're kind of excited to help out so thank you again and uh here we are let's talk a little bit about where you kind of started um where you're from thanks for having me
1: uh i've lived in new hampshire my entire life and um i got on skis when i was around three my parents showed me how to do it and uh my best friends from school, um, their mom was the ski coach at Crotchet Mountain uh, for their race team. So um, they kind of got me and my family into the sport, uh, my parents. So my dad's from England and my mom is from Maryland, so they don't have any real skiing experience. So um, it was it's kind of weird for someone uh, at my level to have parents that have never really done anything like that before Mm -hmm. but um uh I'm just super happy that uh I got into the sport and kept going with it so So, yeah I started out at crotchet and then um so I started when I was there when I was like five years old six years old Mm -hmm. then I uh I went to Waterville Valley to the club in Waterville um when I was 12 And then I was there for two years. And then I enrolled into the full-time ski academy at Waterville. So I was like going to school and skiing every day when I was
0: 13. Wow. Um, That sounds super fun. Like a fun way to spend your. uh... Yeah,
1: it was pretty epic. Yeah
0: that's sick. Was it an opportunity since your parents kind of weren't, uh, super like they hadn't, as you mentioned, they hadn't done, they hadn't been super involved with it before as you were learning, yeah. were you guys able to learn together? Honestly? No. Like I've, I was always just
1: enthusiastic about it and they never uh-huh. really pushed me into it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But they saw you. They've enjoyed always it. been,
1: yeah, they saw I enjoyed it. Um, and to this day, they don't really know much about it, uh, but they've always just been super supportive. So I'm grateful for that.
0: <laughs> that Yeah, that's awesome to have that strong support yeah. system. Now you're a part of this professional team, right? At this level that you're at right now. Um, yeah. Sponsored by Cliff and a couple other companies. It's not every day that you meet a ski racer that that's sponsored <sighs> by Cliff. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. I forgot to mention. Um Yeah shout out
1: shout, shout out, out cliff. cliff yeah exactly and and, and atomic too atomic, what is skis. atomic skis it's a ski brand it's a, one of the biggest ski brands very cool probably probably the biggest yeah
0: do you guys use those
1: on the mountain yeah my my whole team uses them so awesome. yeah they sponsor our whole our whole team so
0: how did you get uh on lock with that uh and how long yeah. have you been on that team So I've been on the team for one year. So after my time at Waterville
1: um, for high school, I went to Green Mountain Valley School in Vermont, which is like, which is also a ski academy full time. And uh, I would say that's really where I got into the sport seriously. Um, Like there's a lot of high level athletes that go there. Like two kids in my grade uh, were junior Olympians. Um, the kid, one kid above me, um, and the grade above me was, uh, last, this past year, the world junior champion in slalom. And, uh, wow. they've had count countless like alumni who have competed in the Olympics and world cup levels. So, um, so there, I, I went there cause I wanted more out of the sport than just having fun. and. Um, I was able to meet a lot of great people and I had a great time. Um, so how I got on the team now was I was, uh, competing at the U S junior nationals in uh, snow basin two years ago. And, um, I saw this team there and I was super interested. They have a lot of strong skiers. So I kind of, uh, I had a strong slalom race uh, there and um, I introduced myself to the coach at that race. And then some of the guys on the team as well. And then uh, we were emailing over the summer outside of ski season. And then he had two guys uh, moving on. So um, luckily I was able to get a spot on his hit, uh, a spot on his team. And it's been super amazing so far
0: so right on um it's amazing what kind of connections you can make if you just kind of walk up and yeah in that environment everyone's doing the same thing so that's um it's cool you felt you felt just kind of like i'm gonna do this and yeah where you're at now is a great a great place to be and it seems like it's a great place to to uh to grow as well and to develop Mm -hmm. now that you're in it and you're competing what what is it that's inspiring you to you've told me before you've always you're always trying to improve on on your performance in particular so what are some thoughts you have now about why what it is that gets you out there and and gets you excited to to train and just constantly put in these reps right this is a show about about reps where we we have constant output for constant results so talk Mm -hmm. to me a little bit about what inspires you for that? Um, growing up, like my
1: hero was always Bodie Miller, so um,
0: okay,
1: I always wanted to be like him. He's from uh, from New Hampshire and skied out of Franconia, so which was like thirty minutes from Waterville. So uh, he was a big inspiration to me, and um, I just love the feeling of the sport, going fast, um, ripping turns on the mountain. So uh, really, since I love it it's so much, it's not really a chore for me, usually. I'd say the gym is a chore, but the actual performing the sport is not a chore.
0: I do want to get into a little bit later uh, about the focus that you have when you go into the weight room and how that changes – in season versus out of season for you but i can definitely understand that you mentioned before there was like one particular type of race that you were doing before you had connected with the team the slalom race right um yeah are there multiple different types of events like that you have to do uh or races if you will or is there kind of one set thing that you're doing at every mountain that you end up at
1: Yeah, so um, I mainly compete in slalom and giant slalom, which are the two most technical events. Um, And they're at the slowest speed as well. So slalom has like the tightest turns. Um, Those turns are usually like 10 meter radius turns. Um, And then giant slalom is usually like a 30 meter radius turn, 25 to 30 meters. So, um, and then, yeah, so a lot, there is super G and downhill, which are higher speeds with bigger turns. Um, but I don't compete in those at the moment.
0: Is it kind of like you want to save your pattern strengthening and like your practice just to be devoted toward this one event, like like someone like yourself wouldn't want to do, is it that type of situation where you wouldn't want to do more than like those two particular races if you're trying to be good um yeah there
1: are a few guys you can ski all events but it's pretty rare okay um the skill sets that come with the different events are very different
0: so what's the like length of the season for you i know you're you're uh setting out to be leaving soon and uh so how long how long would you say you're in season race season so last year i actually
1: i did the most races or second most race starts in the world uh which i did 74 races last year um which was a crazy busy which was a super busy season um but uh usually the season race season is from mid-November to mid-April. It's typical for a high-level team to train um, two to three months in the summer on snow. So in June, I went to Stelvio Glacier in Italy to train. There's tons of ski clubs from the U.S. who go there as well. There's uh world cup and olympic athletes there um people kind of from all levels of the sport um so uh yeah it's pretty
0: normal to do that in the summer for training if you're not practicing like runs on the mountain um what does that summer training look like outside of the weight room or is it like mostly in the weight room dry land training basically yeah yeah, yeah. what does, okay. does that look like for
1: me it was interesting this year because I was coming off a little bit of an injury with my hip I had like a tendinopathy in my hip my left hip so um I uh sought out some help from one of my friends who's a really great trainer um up in Burlington and uh he kind of helped me start on a progression to kind of work out my imbalances. Cause basically like I do work out in season, but I was on snow for nine months, pretty much straight. So I kind of developed some bad habits um, movement wise. Mm -hmm. Basically like the beginning of my summer was mostly like physical therapy and uh,
0: cardio on the bike starting off light and kind of moving into the progression like you said so yeah yeah okay
1: yeah so and then once I was at kind of a stable point I started off very general and a a lot of athletes do this is they start out um, training very generally like they'll do typical like squat bench deadlift to just to build muscle and then kind of the closer and closer you get to the time you're training the more kind of specific your workouts become so like your squat might turn into a Bulgarian RDL and then that might transition into you know something else like a side loaded box squat with Mm -hmm. a band you know pulling you one way so um yeah that's like usually pretty common it's like people start out fairly kind of with a general focus and then um kind of work more and more sports specific exercises in. i would say so that's what i did yeah.
0: Thanks for listening to Sets and Reps. Here's a word from last week's guest in case you missed it.
2: You know, we really can heal through crazy stuff, move through crazy experiences very, very quickly with the right tools and the right support and the right people. And so for me, when I met my first coach and mentor, Paul Gasthold, it was like, wow, this is what I want to do. I love the orientation of coaching, integrating the future self, not healing the past self. We always want to bring um, people into a new way of being and that's what coaching does. Yes, you've had those issues and I understand it. However, you're way more resilient and you're way more capable than you actually might know and we're going to touch that space through our interactions. You ever see in the airport like those escalators that are like, flat? They're not escalators, but they like help you move through the airport quicker. Yeah, yeah.
0: You stand so, like, on them.
2: Exactly, yeah. it's It feels like like that. Like, I remember the first time with my first mentor, Paul, it was just everything was so much easier. I felt like I was on one of those moving escalators. And I was like, wow, my life is moving forward with so much more ease and grace than it ever has been before. It's no longer a a struggle. It's not this thing to get through. It's not this like, man, this is hard. It's just, okay, I'm here. I'm doing what I need to be doing. And it seems like everything's moving forward. <laughs>
0: um, I wanted to Talk to you a little bit about the team dynamics of the sport. Um, usually, people, when they think team sport, team dynamics, they think basketball, football, all these other sports that have a large number of head, heads on there. But, uh, you know, before the podcast, you told me that there's only four of you with a couple of coaches. So, if you can think about how it pertains to your sport, what do those team dynamics look like um, in your opinion um, compared to, and, and like your experience so far after yeah. a year, right. Compared, yeah. compared to what, how you feel like a large scale team might look.
1: Yeah. I mean, team dynamic is super important. Um, when you're out there skiing, it is an individual sport. It's you, the snow and the course. Um, but the moment that's over, it's completely a team sport It's really important for our team to have a good team dynamic just so, you know, everyone enjoys being there. You know, if we were all out there, you know, being selfish, it just wouldn't be, none of us would enjoy yeah. what we're doing. Cause you're do with each other a of, lot. Yeah, yeah. We live together.
0: Is there a lot of traveling you have to do too? Like, do you go? Yeah, Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, um, last year I competed in, uh, in Italy and in Europe for the whole year, but mostly in Northern Italy. Um, and yeah, so we drove all over Northern Italy, Switzerland, Liechtenstein, Slovenia, uh, Austria, all over the place.
0: That's such a, that's such a, cool opportunity you have to be able to Yeah, it's amazing.
1: It's absolutely amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To like be able to travel all those places and like do what you enjoy too. That's super awesome. I do want to take it back a little bit a step further too to ask you about those events again. And when you Mm -hmm. are when you are um as you mentioned one on one with the snow, what are you looking for from a competitive standpoint? are you looking at, you know, how well you take turns? Are you looking at like top speed, I guess, for your, for your events, how do you measure how good you're doing?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can tell if I'm skiing bad or not. It's just, it's all based on feel and technique pretty much. So I can, I basically know as I'm skiing down, Uh, how I'm doing I'm not on race day I'm not really paying attention to how anyone else is doing unless it's like there's a big tactical thing in the course that I have to adapt to but um, yeah usually I'm on race day like I always my goal is always just to ski to the best of my ability
0: so talk to me a bit about what so I know you experienced some hip tendinopathy that you kind of worked through. And, uh, before the show, we had talked about, uh, some back stuff, right. We all got a cranky, achy low back and, and, you know, you, you, uh, as an athlete want to make sure that you are in a shape where you're not, you're you aren't, you are not you are not you are not going to get affected as much by these injuries. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure that's included in your, your prep and in, and in your programming, but talk to me about some like career uh, ending injuries that are potent, like that have a potential in the sport. What from, from your experience or if there's anyone that you've known that, that has had a career ending injury, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean,
1: unfortunately it's pretty common and, in- racing just because it's like such a gnarly sport um but uh yeah super common thing is like acl tears are very common uh back injuries are really common um
0: and yeah i mean they happen all the time have you experienced uh, a point in time where you had to like like at the beginning of the season or something like that, you messed something up in your body and you had to be out for a specific amount of time. Like when you were experiencing like when you were going through PT, for example, did you have to was that when you were skiing consistently? Like did you have to take time yeah. off from the sport?
1: Yeah. So um I had two knee surgeries where I had to take time off. Um, okay. both for my left meniscus. Um, and then so my first time off snow I had to miss six months of training which was hard and then
0: uh, yeah my two, second,
1: one yeah, two my on the second same one yeah my second one was only two months so it wasn't so bad but uh, the first one was definitely a big a big one for me so fortunately like I haven't I don't have any issues with it now. So
0: awesome. Right on. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so I know that I've tried to be, I've skied like twice in the last two years, maybe. Um, so, and I know that there's a lot of people that are listening to the show that are casual skiers, right. People that go out when you get a fresh, um bit of snow one of my friends is actually really good um and he he taught me uh, and he was able to like ski backwards while I was teaching me so that was that's always fun you know you have a good teacher like when they can ski backwards and stuff while they're teaching yeah you. um yeah, that's awesome <laughs> but point being um a lot of people enjoy this as a casual thing so if someone that you know um being at the level you are at right now And, you know, the fact that you spent like your whole life doing this, um, and you're very experienced, what would you say to someone who is an average skier? And they were saying like, I want to get into ski racing competitively. What would be your advice for them? Um, I mean, I would
1: encourage anyone to try it just because how fun it is. And then, um. So, I mean, a lot of local mountains have ski clubs on the weekend that you can try. And, yeah, I mean, I would certainly recommend it to anybody. I've met, you know, a lot of my best friends through the sport. And uh, a lot of the relationships I have will definitely um, last until I'm done. So, or until after I'm done.
0: Is there anything prerequisite wise that you feel like they would need to do uh, for their body or for their strength um, that, that would be important for them before they undertake it? What would you say that they would need?
1: It's kind of weird, like skiing is such a skill based sport that you kind right. of have to you have to kind of build the skill okay. first before you take it to the gym seriously, like it takes years just to get the technique. And then, so I guess n- nothing like you would learn in the gym has any application if you don't learn the skill first.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you so much so far. Um, I've been loving the conversation and I'm happy to be able to learn about this. Cause as I said, it's not every day that you, uh, meet someone who does the sport what are your thoughts as you're as you're getting ready to uh to head out for this next part of your journey here what are you what are you thinking about how are you planning how are you um what's your mindset like as you as you uh as you set off yeah i mean i'm super
1: excited to get started and get the season underway um i would say Uh, my main so this season my team are we're doing the noram circuit in the u.s and canada so it's like um everyone from north america and some europeans as well race uh the noram circuit and the top two in each event qualify for the world cup which is like the highest level it's like kind of the nfl of skiing. So um well, so that's kind of like I'm looking just for some success in those races.
0: I'm sure it's everyone like as they're getting into it. I'm sure everyone has that goal of kind of being in that in that top two for those events. But like, do you have do you have thoughts in your mind about where this sport's going to take you, and and where you'd like it to take you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, like my goal
1: is to do it on the World Cup, which is the highest level, and then um maybe one day the Olympics and that would be sweet.
0: That would be sweet, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, long
0: way to go. But. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you there. I think it's a really cool opportunity to be able to like meet you and uh, have had this conversation. Um, and I, you know, can't wait to like chop it up, hopefully hit a workout or something when you come back and kind of see how it yeah. works. Thank you so much for coming out to sets and reps, man. Really, really greatly appreciate it. Um, Just want to say, have fun, have fun, do what you do best. Um, Hope you have a really great season, man. And uh, thanks for giving my listeners a lot of value. when it comes to learning about the, the what and the how of this sport and, uh, and kind of your background and where you want to go with it. Yeah, thank
1: you so much for having me on and, uh, yeah, I'll see you, see you when I get back.